Hey everybody, welcome back to the uh, Boy and the Beard episode three. We're excited. We have uh, a guest with us, Mr. Tony Bigley. Tony F and B. Tony F and B. Not food and beverage, no. uh, as as he was just telling us about. Um, so, for those that don't know, Tony Bigley is a local photographer and marketer. But his past life, he was uh, a mu- a musician, pretty famous. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Wikipedia, so I yeah. Guess that's well, cool. there, that's important. <laughs> that's a win. That is. Did a you win, make yeah. the article though? <laughs> no, no, they don't let you. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, if you like, hit them up and. It's me, Tony F and C. You can. Here. I don't even know if you're allowed to change things about yourself. Really? Yeah, they, they know like your IP or something weird. Oh wow! And, like, oh wow! So you're blacklisted from your own. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. more of a primary source do you yeah, have? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to add some more stuff, and they they wrote me and they're like, net worth forty five million dollars. That's crazy. Well, send it to me, and I'll write it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll we'll be your ghostwriter for you. Uh, so I've known Tony for a little bit through, actually, I met you at Zach's party, Zach Manley, which is the owner of the Cracked Egg, which used to be an employee of mine, yep. at his housewarming party. Uh, just kind of a, a quick, hey, how are you, kind of a deal. And um, But it's, it's the friendship's kind of blossomed, if you will. I would, that's that's yeah, a good word, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to just kind of hitting each other up, talking about photography, um, possibly going to Iceland. Yeah, dude. That, sure. Yeah, that's definitely a, a dream come true photography trip. Um, so let's start early. Let's start career first, musician. Okay. What? How long have you been playing? You play guitar or bass? Guitar. Okay, how long have you been playing? I've been playing guitar since I was about nine years old. Nine years old. Yeah, I got my first one when I was seven, but, you know, didn't really do anything. Now, are you trained in the sense that you took classes or are you self-taught? Uh, self-taught. Um, so what happened was I went to a class with my friend yeah. and I just, I sat there and they went through two pages of a book and I was just like, I remember we went back to his house and I was like, you know, I get the concept of needing to practice, you right. know, and not wanting to blow through it. But I was like two pages of a book for $50 or something back now. I was like, that's insane. Like, you know, so anyway, so I bought a, I got my dad to buy me a book yeah. and I was like, just let me see how this goes. Cause they used to come with a CD and you yep. can listen to see if you're screwing up. Well, I just completed a book like over the weekend like the beginner course and I was just like but I practiced it you know so I knew it I didn't just like learn it and forget right. it you know and I was just like well that's insane like yeah. ooh, congratulations I'm gonna save you money you yeah. know, I taught myself um pretty much like anything stringed I can figure out like I'm not gonna say I'm as good so I busted at it. out like a lute you think you could jam out <laughs> I, I probably figure it out yeah. maybe if it has a string on it, I feel like I can learn it, you know, or at least do something on doodle on it, I guess is what you'd call it. So, I mean, you know, bass, you know, I'm not going to, like, play, like, Primus or something <laughs> insane. But, you know, I definitely can play it. You know? I love Primus. Dude, love Primus. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so how did you go? So in at nine, nine years old, mm-hmm. how did you progress to becoming in your first band? Or, or what was your first band, rather? Let's start with that. The first band was called Neglected, and it was with a buddy here that knew Souls Harbor. And that's how, okay. you know, not to jump forward, but that's how right. I met Souls Harbor. Okay. So, um, so yeah, it was Neglected, and uh, it was like a hardcore band. It was a little, little heavier than Souls Harbor. And uh, he ended up switching up. You know, we were young, and he ended up getting into rap and not really wanting to do hardcore anymore. Gotcha. So, and I met Souls Harbor through him, and then that's okay. when that started. You know, and he was he a vocalist? Yeah, yeah, was he? yeah. So you've been in three bands, more than yeah, three? yeah, yeah, three. three? Yeah. Um, so and, and again, kind of stepping back with Souls Harbor, I'd seen you guys play at one of the clubs downtown. I mean, years ago, right? 
And I was like, okay, these guys are going to be be something. Yeah, you thanks, know, man. Yeah, everything, just the whole package, and you know, you pair that with with Doug and and his singing ability yeah. and, and the look that you guys had right. was uh, was pretty wild. Yeah, it was insane, man. We we were really lucky to we were really lucky on how Buford supported us and the military. You know, like uh, just I mean, Kathleen's downtown. We'd play, yes. and there'd be three hundred people in there somehow. Wow. You know, and. Back before that, there was Coconuts in the Point, which was the same yep. place. And, I mean, we would have that place. People would be out in the backyard just to listen to yeah. it, you know. That's and it, huge. It was insane. It, it was just – so that really helped us with, like, endorsements. You know, Jägermeister had us, you know. And we would wow. – we, we were – it was at one point, before we were even signed – that we were selling more Jaeger than any band, like Slayer, anybody. Like our, really? our endorsement, we were averaging 16 of like the $50 yeah. bottles a show sold, wow. like just from shots. And right before that, there was mini bottles. Yeah. And I mean, there was times we'd go clean up. Just our mini bottles on stage was like 80 or 100 of them. We'd, <laughs> we'd go insane. there and like the Jaegermeister is just so it's like jelly and right. And it's just. You'd go the next day and just your cords would be just gunked oh, with it. But you would just see, like, literally 180, 100 bottles. And it'd be like, okay, this explains why I don't right. remember anything past this so that was gonna, Yeah, so that was going to lead me to that next question. How well, I mean, at, at what point are you so sloshed that you can't even, I mean, have you gotten to that point? Oh, yeah. 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 I've, I've, so, it, it, luckily, guitar's kind of muscle memory whenever okay. you're playing your own songs right. and, like, the same cover song every night you, know, you got to figure we would do three nights a week sometimes every weekend and you know stuff like that so but <clears throat> there was times like the worst ever when I, I, I we tried to always not get drunk you right. know especially if it was a serious like a tour of course or shows but when it was Kathleen's or the point you know the point was to get <laughs> drunk I mean yeah so but we would try not to do any of that before as much you know a few beers a couple beers and a couple shots but and then as the night went it just was no it was just either was like well we're either gonna waste all this liquor <laughs> or because people would literally just not stop bringing you yeah. know but uh I so I remember one show there's a place in um savannah called uh the jinx it was called the velvet elvis at one time oh, I know. it just yep. closed yep. yep but um they used to give us <laughs> tall boy like pbrs as on our rider instead right. of like just a beer tab they just give us all these pbrs and we all just got wasted before the show and i remember stepping up on the stage and I went to like tune my guitar, and I was just, it just wasn't happening. I was just like, oh, and I was just like, I remember <laughs> you had, like, looking, input lag, right? And, well, and whenever you're tuning, there's like a strobe tuner, so it's like, and I was just like, <laughs> I just handed my guitar to a big Rob, my my our big tour Rob. manager, yeah. I handed my guitar, I'm like, bro, please God, tune this thing, yeah. And then like we played, and I woke up the next day, and I was certain it was just horrid. I was just like, oh man, yeah. like I was like, my part's gonna be horrible. But there was a video, and I watched it, and I was like. I remember just that's the first time I realized like muscle memory. I was just like, it is insane how well we all played last all, night. All, everybody on autopilot, basically. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you yeah. know, and even still rock because like that was one thing about Souls Harbor. We were, we always had the mentality of playing. You're, you're playing in front of ten or ten thousand. You know, right. like you got to put on the same show. Like yep. that one person, you might make their life, save yeah, their life, sure. possibly yeah. whatever. You know, and it's like. You got to put on the same show. So, you know, on top of the rocking out, it was just like, how did we do that? <laughs> and I remember showing Johnny, my other guitarist, and he, he was certain too. He's like, right. I don't even know if I hit an A note right. And I was just like, I showed him. He's like, 
He's like, that's insane. I was like, I know, dude. That's crazy. So um, how old were you around? I was maybe like when you first started taking off, and you're like, oh, this is like kind of a big thing. So, so I joined Souls Harbor when I right when I turned 21 because I had to be 21 for for Jägermeister. So I was with them when I was 18 because neglected my buddy and I split up at 18. Mm. And one night he's like, yo, you want to go to Ridgeland and see Souls Harbor? And I was like, I've heard of them, you know, and um. And my godbrother played in a band called Saucy Brown from here, which was like a really good cover band, like that played like you know like Hootie and the Blowfish stuff back in the day. So I was like, yeah, yeah, let, let me go check out the Souls Harbor band. And uh, I don't know, we just me and the they just, we all just clicked. You know, I I instantly went to the next weekend by myself. And then I was like, you guys need me to come like help you load up? And they're like, sure, dude. And they're like, you know, it's the second time they met me. And I was like, but I showed up like before they were even there. They pulled up. And I remember Zane was just like, holy crap, dude. Yeah. He's like, you're here? Mm. And I'm like, yeah, dude. And then, <laughs> you know, it just blossomed. You know, Kinda I started. Snowballed. Yeah, and I just started writing with Johnny. And but then I was going to move to Texas because there was a band in Texas that was a metal band that needed a guitarist. And I was just like. I was down because, you know, I just graduated. I decided not to go to college to do music. And, you know, I spent, I was spending two years not doing it, you know, technically. And um, I told Johnny, yeah, I was like, dude, I'm going to get out of here, I think. And he's like, just join our band. I was like, what? And I was like, well, I never knew that. that was an option. <laughs> that was an option this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> right. So when did so, you start growing the uh, the dreadlocks? Dreadlocks were the day I got out of high school. Really? So I, I had dreadlocks when I was a little kid. Okay. We started them, but I went to a academy that was like, nope. I mean, dude, like literally, I I asked the dude. He's like, he walked past me in the hall, and I had dreads, you know, all like palmated up and right. stuff. And he's like, he walked past me. He's like, lose the do, and I was just like, oh, huh? Man. And I went to his office, and I'm like, I, I I'm not gonna put him on blast for what he really <laughs> said, but he was just like. That's not what our academy people wear, and right, I was just right. like, "All right." And I went home. I told my mom I was bit. I just, you know, I've been growing out my hair, and I have this gunk in my hair. And I told my mom, I was just like, "Nah, that school's not for me." And she's like, "Oh yeah, it is." And I was <laughs> like, "Shit." So oh, I think it is. So the day I turned eighteen, I started growing my dreads, and you know, just cut them off. Like how two long years did ago. they get uh, down to my you Woo! know ass? Yeah, they nice. were down there. That's crazy. You know, this part was leaving, and this part was growing. <laughs> And it just like got, a Stevie Wonder, you know, right, rocked it. Right, so I, uh, I kept every year. I'd be like, I'm cutting these things. You know, summer would come. I'd be like, screw these things, yeah. cutting them. But then I'd go, and then I started losing the hair a little bit. So I was like, this is starting to get ridiculous. <laughs> like it's so the only way I would cut them, I was like, I need to do a charity with a children's mm -hmm. hospital where people are going to donate money to me, and to like whenever I hit X amount, I'll shave them and send the money to the hospital. So I hit up a hospital that I know that does, like, Nike releases because I mm. like shoes a lot. And I was like, let's do this. And they're like, cool. So I, I would feel bad. I was like, there's no way I can cop out of this one because I'm going to feel bad. i be like, yeah. thanks for everybody donating like five grand, in. but I'm keeping <laughs> these things. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, when did you leave? 2012 you um, left? 11. 11? 2011. And then yeah. you went to California? Yeah, yeah. So, well, I went to Atlanta. Okay. So I went to Atlanta. I started writing with some buddies that we toured with there. And um, – they're just really good friends. We started writing stuff, and then I got a call that a, a vocalist that I knew really liked me and wanted me to join the band. And um, you know, his managers in a big metal band or the band uh, Hatebreed. Okay. So Jamie and the singer hit me up, and they're like, you know, we like you. Jake, the lead singer, really likes you. He wants you to come to California and join Defiler. Yeah. And I, it was a no, you know, no brainer. Yeah, I mean, I knew if Jamie was behind the band. Um, excuse me. No, you're good. So before 
we started doing this today, I'd looked up a little bit about you, mm-hmm. looked on the wiki, looked at Defiler, listened to a couple of the songs, <laughs> and you know, it's it's a big difference between Huge. a Seven Deaths esque um, right. Souls Harbor and then these guys. <laughs> yeah, right. What do you it, prefer? Um, man, mm-hmm. it depends on the day. You right. know, like after Souls Harbor, definitely Deathcore. Right. You know, I mean, but I spent you know, 10 years or whatever playing or more, you know, like 10 years playing hard rock, which right. I loved. Um, it's just, a, it's just totally two different, you know, ballparks. You yeah. know, I love them both. Um, I guess if I had to play, play it forever, it would be, um, probably hard rock because there's a, a livability there, you know, and it, it's basically going off of me being able to live. <laughs> right, right. For sure. You know, you know, like one of my really good friends is the lead singer in one of the biggest metal bands in the world, and the money he makes is saddening from what it used to be. And you know, and also, you know, everybody's like, it's not about the money, but you know, it is whenever you're living at your parents' house and you're away from and you're away from them eleven months out of the year. It's right. like, so I'm I'm making this, and I'm gone for almost a, uh, eleven months out of the year. So I don't get to kick it with my friends, and I'm a family person, so I don't right. see my family. You know, like iPhones and stuff made it a lot easier because you yeah. can FaceTime. So it made it way better to be like, "Hey, mom, what's up?" Yeah, you yeah, know? for sure. But um, you know, it's hard, and people don't understand. Like, you can have crappy days out there. <clears throat> you know, there was times on like Twitter, I would I would bitch about something, and people would be like, "Bro, you're on the road, yeah. you're blah blah." blah. You're it's living like, the dream, man. Right, but it's like, bro, I'm still fighting with my girlfriend. Yeah, like, and <laughs> I can't and I can't actually do it in person. So you it's still like, gotta like go to the dentist, right? It's like, <laughs> blah blah blah. I hate you. Hang up and be like, ah. you know, and it's yeah, like you can't yeah. just have these, you know, or anything. you're not gonna be perfectly you know, happy. My grandma's sick, day. and I can't go take her flowers. You yeah. know, and then now you got people telling you you're not allowed to be sad because they don't like their dead end job they're in, and they look at you and they're like, oh, I killed you. Right, and then you got labels that are controlling you. I mean, like, you know, the thing that's going on in country music right now with uh, Morgan Wallen saying a word he shouldn't have oh, said. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so then all these other country artists now are coming out and apologizing for the Confederate flag, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's a wishwashy type of thing. But yeah. still, these guys, you know in their heart that they're not the a racist right. person or something. You know, the, the rebel flag they wore because... They saw it at Island Outfitters, and it was, you know, oh, it's part of, you know, the Dukes South. Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and all these huge mainstream artists, their labels are saying, so they're starting to give them like, like a whole checklist. Right. Of well, like knots. Luke Combs, you know, just came out. He's like, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you didn't do anything, man. Like, yeah. you didn't have any hate behind that. So, that, almost that cancel culture. Right. Um, it, like 100%. And we had talked about that last week. So, there's a new musician that, that's new to me, uh, Tom McDonald. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I can say his name. So, mm. yeah. And, you know, in the way he raps and what he raps about and rhymes about it, I mean, it's just. It's truth, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous to how quick we've become to that, right? Um, and it's it's the internet, you know. It, oh, back, the internet. Back crazy. in the day, people didn't have a platform to be like blah 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 blah, so they wouldn't multiply, right. you know. And it's just insane, and, you know. And Tom and his girlfriend writes a lot of his stuff too, and he admits it. Like, yeah, oh she's yeah, an for Amazing, sure. right? Yeah, and she just came out with an album. They're both like top no, number yes, ones right I'd now. Yes, I'd seen that. Yeah, but um, you know, that's the thing with that, you know. Back whenever I was trying to make it, you know, you, you had to have the label. Like, right. you, you're like, oh, I got to yeah. do this. I yeah. need a label. You know, you could do it. You know, I mean, Souls Harbor had potential making a couple hundred grand a year right. from playing shows, just, you know, Kathleen's and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, you wanted to go on tour. You wanted to make it. But now, I mean, these people just like. They can con- like self-distribute. Right. They just put 100%. it on Spotify, put it on iTunes. Tons of money on YouTube. I mean, yeah. it's just an 
insane money pool, you know, and like you just have people like that Ryan Upchurch dude that's doing it. And Plus streams now. You're not yeah. relying entirely on sales. You don't right. need somebody to go in and pick out your CD out of yeah, a yeah. rack. I mean, streaming's definitely – something needs to happen there because I have friends that have – They're getting robbed. Yeah, you know, they, they post, like, their their um, royalty checks, and it's, like, 63 cents, dollar eighty, and they have, like, four, 80 million views. Yeah, people are listening wow. to, like, thousands there, of hours of their music. There's somebody huge, like, like – I don't want to say it's Bruce Springsteen, but somebody huge that posted their like their totals and their money, and they made like six grand off of like billions or wow. something. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, come yeah. on, man, like that's somebody's got to. And you it's know. almost it's pretty much monopolized between Spotify and Apple Music right. and maybe YouTube Music, which you know, right. that's probably a minority of people who stream songs. But. Totally. You're not like, oh, I'll just go to this third party who has got better terms. Because right. then what? What do you get? Like 12 streams? Right, right. Or you're just pirating and doing Yeah, if you can find a TikTok of music streams, then you're right. good. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite band? All-time favorite band, Corn. Really? Really, yeah. yes. Uh, Bakersfield. Yep, I just moved yep. from Bakersfield. Yeah, man. That's yeah. like their one claim to fame. My all-time favorite song, though, will blow your mind. It's uh, Unbelievable by EMF. Really? <laughs> yeah, everybody hears that. Thing? They're you know, I love that song. Yeah. Oh, everybody's always like, "What?" Yeah. I'm like, "I don't know, man." It spoke I mean, to me. That's as a great kid. song. Yeah. But yeah, Corn, man, they're uh, they're the ones that like I first stepped back and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, this is you know, because at that time my parents were influencing my music a lot, you okay. know, because um, they came out when I was 11, you know, or so. Yeah. So. You know, I was listening to like um, Alice in Chains and yep. stuff like that, and I loved it. But I don't know, Corn was the first one that ever was just like, "Oh wow!" Like, yeah. this is I don't like know. You know, I mean, your, your first band caught you like that. You know, it's just yeah. that I don't know. It's like in like and seeing fire for the first time, right? Exactly. And I don't have. I mean, so for me, growing up, hip hop was always a big defining factor. Seen, I saw Roxanne Chante at like a small high school venue. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, lived in Germany in the 80s. So Beastie Boys, LL Cool J, all those guys were just coming out. Right. But, and then from a rock standpoint, I've seen Kiss. My first concert <coughs> in 1976, I was four years old. Oh, wow. Kiss in Columbus. Uh, Columbus. Well, can't beat that for Or Fayetteville, North Carolina, rather. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so it, there's never been a particular genre that I, I I'm not a big country fan. Yeah, same here. I've just I appreciate recently. the musicianship of of any type Amazing of music. Amazing musician. But it there, just there is great country, but I can't just throw on like country hits. When it comes to country, again, my dad influenced me, and I like like the old like dudes Johnny like Cash, yeah, Wilson, David Allen Coe, and Wylan Went or you know, Wylan Wennings, <laughs> Waylon Jennings, Waylon Jennings. <laughs> yeah, <They're all> <laughs> but um, um, yeah, same. So. I don't. It's hard to say. I don't have a particular favorite band. Right. I like a lot of yeah. folks. I've just been turned on to the the Teske Brothers. Okay. Oh wait, is that who you sent me? I believe so. Yeah, the Australian band. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. They're exactly. good. They're crazy. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go and I just picked up their vinyl, which sounds great. And then, but within my selection, it's that, and then there's Prince, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, Appetite for Appetite for Destruction. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it's all over the board. Yeah. Uh, and my daughter picked up a Sammy Hagar. I can't drive fifty five album. Right. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it's it's eclectic. I that's don't have awesome, one though. particular yeah. style. That's that's how I am for the most part. You know, I was never big into country. I do like some of these new guys. I don't know if it's. What it's it crazy because a lot of country has like pop and rap. Right, and that, maybe that's what it is, that, and that's yeah. honestly what it is. I mean, I think it's, it's like they're a marrying. To, country isn't really country, is it's what like it pop was. Country. So, right. are you a lyric? So, for you, from a music standpoint, is it the beat? 
the lyric or are you a lyricist? 100% instrumental. Yeah. Like there's times that I've listened to like records, like say like Deftones come out with a new yeah. album, even though I love Chino and he's an amazing lyricist. But I'll like listen to something for a month and then be like, I don't know any lyrics in this. Yeah. Like I know like the the lyrics where right. you're like, bah, 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 you know, <laughs> but you're not saying them, yeah. you know. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I, I've realized that, and I try and listen to that more now because, you know, I think the lyrics more than music opens up emotions more. You know, and you get to it does, like, it does. You know, it's crazy how many create, people will listen to songs but not they don't listen to the words and kind of comprehend it, like how people can read a whole page or a chapter and not really see the information that's right. put forth. Cause they'll be saying something that's like a quadruple entendre. Right. And if you're just kind of vibing out to it rather than actually like, what's he saying? You right. never catch it. I, and I think it's the musician. I mean, I, I play by ear. So I think it's like me, like, deconstructing songs for so long yeah. that I'm like, oh, wait, that's, you know, he's doing this chord as opposed to that yeah. one, you know? And I think that's what it is, you know, that I'm just so infatuated with every instrument that's going on. But, um, and I do like the beat, but I'm just such a horrible drummer. Like, <laughs> I mean, like Jesus can, could come down from the sky and be like, everybody on earth is going to die if you don't play a simple beat. And I'd be like, well, take them all out because I'm not going out looking <laughs> Sorry, like a everybody. dummy. <laughs> like, that would be me on anything with strings because yeah. I, I just I don't have, I think, the dexterity with my right. fingers. Right. Yeah. I want to, but I just don't. That's me on it, any It's my foot. So, <laughs> like, it? piano, I can learn piano, but yeah. the second you need me to step on something, so it's, it's like, make me a brr, brr, you know. <laughs> so, so you can't, you can't, yeah. Right. I can't, like, be like, yeah, and like, it just throws you, you off. Know, like I, every limb right. is, at, is yeah. doing something. Yeah, I just, I just yeah. learned like a simple four B. Like, yeah, I yeah. still can't. And because I, I play percussion, right? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, marching yeah. band and all that and stuff. So it, that I had to learn that, but it always been shit. I don't know, uh, thirty years, thirty five yeah. years. And I love it, man. I love. Yeah, yeah. That was one of my favorite parts about football games. Were like you know, high band. school football games yep. in the band. It was like I remember I lived by Buford High, the old Buford High, and you could hear it from my house. I was yeah. just like, oh man, it's so cool. There's nothing that beats a good a good marching cadence or just. I mean, for me, so when I lived in Germany, we didn't have a marching band per se. Right. So we would go to the games and we would stand in, in the state in the uh, stadium and just play. Right. When I got back to the states in '89, I was a sophomore. And then I joined the marching band. So learning how to march, being on the field, you know, the hill ball toe with your foot, right. and then not standing with your legs locked so you pass out. Right, yeah, all that yeah. Just, I mean, and then trying to walk and do beats and, you know, you're crab walking and doing all these Dude, formations. Dude, it's insane. It was like, ridiculous. Like, like my favorite college team is Ohio State, obviously, mm. and they they have one of the best – I mean, it's yeah. the best band in the land. They yeah. call them. And it's just so crazy how they're just, like, intertwining. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm – yeah. it would be a disaster, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot of people in rock music and all music that were huge band people. Travis you know? Barker. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, like um, – one of our guys that worked with our band forever, Dan, he was in a really big competition band, mm. and like in uh, in Alabama or Mississippi, one of the two, yeah. one of those kind of places. But um, you know, and my homie down in Destin, Florida, um, my Manila Gorilla, <laughs> he uh, he's a big marching band dude, or just he teaches kids, yeah. you know, drums. He's an amazing drummer. We met him actually, our our manager that we picked up. After our first label in Souls Harbor, he managed them too. Okay. And Zach was the drummer in that band. And yeah. uh, they came and played Kathleen's with us. Wow. And me and him just bonded. And then through marketing thing, I would get sent to Destin two weeks out of every month. And he lives over there. Yeah. So well, that's cool. So, yeah, it's funny. We always joke around. We're going to hang out with Raph, which we are. <laughs> Raph, you need to have us hang out and rage. 
but yeah. So we're sitting here with Tony Bigley, and we just had a great conversation about music and learned a lot about him and his history. Uh, so I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about photography, because mm. that's what I know you mostly about. Yeah. And you're, what got you in, let's talk about landscape photography first. What got you into that? So it's going to jump forward, but marketing got me into it. So pretty much, because we'll get into that later, I, I started up the marketing company. You know, I noticed my clients needed photos, and I got sick of paying somebody to take a picture of a sandwich that was <laughs> not mind-blowing. You know what I'm right. saying? If it was mind-blowing, I'd be like, I yeah. can't do that shit. Yeah. But it was, you know, and I was just like, okay, I was like, you know, and you're saying, okay, hey, John, these photos of all your products are going to be $1,000. And I was like, well, crap, you know, I can buy my own camera, learn a little bit, like, you know, and yeah. get it done, you know, for right. Facebook, you know, and that's what it boiled down to was being able to have consistent posting. So anyways, so I went and bought a camera, and then one day, and I always liked photography, like on the road, I always had a camera. Right. But I was just, you know, it got thrown to the side. Yeah, you weren't a photographer. Right, right. So, you know, one day I was bored, and it was just a really beautiful sunset. And I was like, let me take a picture of that. And yeah. I was just like, oh, wow, that was cool. You know, and yeah. so that's what got me into the photography thing, you gotcha. landscapes, you know. So same same for us. Um, I've always enjoyed photography, but the need of clients needing a picture taken and then doing events, and then it bled into landscape and right. product photography. Uh, so all that, there we go. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Tony. You're welcome. Um, so do you prefer sunny landscapes or your night photography? Because you've got some pretty kick-ass night, Thanks, um, you know, Milky Way stuff, especially out at uh, Fripp Island. And I think, I think I like like the the sunny or like cloudy type things, yeah. but only because. It's so annoying that everything has to be perfect. And in my eyes, I know there's a lot of photographers that will go out there if there's a cloud, but I just want, you know, I don't want to have a cloud blowing through my thing, you right. know. And, and it's nice. Yeah. It's just my mentality of I want a clear sky. And it's just like, it's always such a crapshoot, you know. It you're is, like, it is. Even our websites that we can look at, it's like, oh, it says it's going to be good. And then you go out there and, you know, it's like the South Carolina weather. It's just like, <laughs> you know. Last night. So we were, what? Friday we did the film festival. Yeah, oh, and yeah. we were just going over over the bridge, headed downtown, and I just looked to my left and I said, "It's going to be a gorgeous sunset, sunset." Right. Because there was that gap between the cloud level and the, and the horizon, and then he had to run back and grab something. And he in in the photos that I'd seen, it was just phenomenal. Oh, right. People were posting the sunset, and then on the way back, I looked up to the sky and it was just made of cotton candy. It's funny you say that. Friday, it was Friday. Yeah. Yes. Because that night sky, the blue sky, yeah. was one of the most beautiful. I literally came out of my apartment and I was like. This might be my favorite sky I've ever seen in my life. It was just like was such a perfect blue, and then the stars were there, and yeah. I was just like, I was like, man. And I thought I was like, I wish I would have seen like the sunset go up and yeah. or down. It was a beautiful sunset. Yeah. Um, and you shoot Nikon. Yep. Yep. Out of just because that was the first one you bought. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, my, my same homie from the um, band Lamb of God. He's a big Leica guy, but he liked Canon also, and he right. kept saying, "Get a Canon, get a Canon." But it just so happens that. <clears throat> the first deal I saw was on the Nikon, or right. yeah, the Nikon. So I yeah. grabbed the Nikon, and then you know, the rest is. It's funny. I mean, it's you know, it's really semantics. It's the Ford versus Chevy kind right. of debate, and you know, especially now everything's going in with the digital, and we we're talking about you know mirror, mm -hmm. mirror cameras. Um, so for me, it was Canon. It was it was gifted. My first DSLR was a Canon, right? And then it bled into, and then I wanted to get a mirrorless. So that's 
when I looked at Fuji right. and just kind of fell into that. Yeah, and the Canon glass is amazing. You know, if, in the grand scheme of things, if I would have researched for a while and stuff, I would have probably went Canon, um, but I just didn't. Yeah, you know? and that's – so Tony's on with a Fuji lens. So, Tony, look at the – Fuji lens. Yeah. So we've got the uh, the 135 on this Fuji X-T4 right here, and then Tony uh, Bigley is being shot on the Canon 5D Mark III with a uh, Canon glass 24-70. I knew so. what all that meant. <laughs> yeah, right. And it, it's very confusing at first. Oh, I mean, yeah. There is a lot that goes into... I'm still so bad at, like, lingo. Like, yeah. When it, like, my the company that sends me monitors they, right. they hit me oh, up yeah. and they want me to they wanted me well we did it but it just hasn't come out yet like a bunch of like tutorial type things and, and i told the dude i'm like bro like i use like the dark's getting lighter you know <laughs> i'm like bro i don't know what that's called like right. you know i don't but know, i think I from the novice the, right they don't necessarily need it you know true true you know that. what i mean yeah, right. so that that's okay. people will just turn around and walk away from right. that if they don't understand it it's a, i've done so much reading and, right. and, and what but for me i'm more of a physical learner i can read something and comprehend it but until i physically do it right where it clicks in my head then i'm like okay and, and i think that's the best thing to do is just go out there and do it like that's what i did same like with the guitar you know with the with the camera i just yeah. watched a billion youtube i mean i still do right? when i'm working i'm YouTube, just yeah. have, you know I think even it's just weird. Even in photography, it's like you said, you know, the the truck statement. But it's almost like that with everything. It's like, well, what should you go? Oh, yeah. What should your lowest shutter speed be held? And people are like, well, whatever over eighty. But then right. there's tons of people I shoot whatever over fifteen all the time. So yeah. much of it boils down and to it's personal like, preference. It's like, where's the answer? Yeah. Like, yeah, there is no yeah, like objectively. And I guess there's calmer people than other people, but right, like for sure. yeah. you're talking about there should be like a I can shoot at 60, 80, 100. and you'd yeah. be like, okay, that's kind of it's your like, realm. Yeah, and even you know the ISO deal. You know, obviously the lower the ISO, the cleaner the image is going to be. Right. The higher the ISO, the more noise you're. Some people, oh, I never bump it over, it. you know, whatever, yeah. ever, ever, no matter what. And it's like, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, you know, some sometimes of these cameras it nowadays are, you know, they're great stuff. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, you can Because they're computers and cameras at the same time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They're processing stuff and in, interpreting data and all that while you're taking photos. Yeah. It's not just like you're, a chemical reaction on film like it yeah. used to be. Yeah, so. I mean, they're metering everything. Everything, yeah. yeah. Which I'm horrible at looking at. I need to, like, look at it a little more. I'm always <laughs> like, I always forget, like, there's a meter there that will tell yeah. you. You're like, oh, like, yeah. Oh, no, that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you like doing weddings? Yeah, now I do. At first, it was a complete anxiety attack stressful well i mean yeah i just every one shot to this day that and my my problem is what happens whenever that card fails finally you know uh, like and then what happens when that second card fails you know i'm really good about you know during the dinner i go straight to my car and upload everything uh, to like three hard drives i'm like i don't care how crazy it is it's right like, burp, 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 burp. yeah because you know i have a friend that i, I print with sometimes like canvases and stuff and she had a wedding on just one hard drive, and it went crap down. She had to pay a thousand dollars to get just partial part yeah. of the photos off of, you know. And I that <clears throat> that part stressed me out, you know. And I didn't want to ever really get into it, but I had a friend that was like, "We really want you to shoot our wedding," and right. I was like, "Okay." And then the next day, he hit me up, and he's like, "Well, now her sister's getting married. Oh my goodness! And you could make a little more money off of that." And I was like. All right. And then, like, I was like, let me open it up for one week and see how many I can get. Right. And, like, that one week, I got, like, maybe eight. Oh, you wow. Know? And I was like. Like inquiries. Yeah. Well, yeah. I got well, I got eight solidified, like, Ooh. weddings. And I was like, okay, I'm a wedding photographer. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> you, like, it, fell right it, into it. Like, I was tweeting the other day. I was, and it's not talking crap at all or being 
oh, this is me, because believe me, I'm still poor as crap. But <laughs> it's insane whenever you deal with money like that, and it's like, well, that's three car payments right there and a deposit. Yeah. And it's like When that. you could think of it that way, like this is however many months of rent in one solid right, intake. Right, 100%. Yeah. And it's just – and. And I wouldn't have done it anyways. Like, I'm not chasing money that way. There's plenty of money in any kind of photography, people-wise, like couples or yep. kids. You know, there's plenty yeah, of money portraits, to find events, something that you candidate, like. Literally everything. It was just – it was mostly just the anxiety part of it that was keeping me from it. You know, it wasn't that I wouldn't learn what to do or get shots. It was just what happens whenever all these photos are lost and I have to give them back their money, hire the people back to – Because like, in your mind, photos. it's it's uh, when, not an right. if. Yeah, possibly. Just automatically. And that's why I was glad – that was another thing that made me feel good was all my equipment was new. I was like, okay, well, this shouldn't shit out for a right. while, yeah. right? But, like... That was the, my thought process with video, video. wedding. Right. Um, and, it, and, again, it kind of fell in my lap. We were referred to by Todd Stowe for a wedding. And then Tony had just kind of joined the team. So now I had a second shooter. Right. And we kind of had everything set up. Little B-cam op, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we did our second wedding. That was another referral because um, Jennifer Sanborn couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So we went out and, and shot that one. And once I see the footage and I see the end result, all the stress and anxiety that I had kind of goes away. Totally, totally. 100%. And so I really enjoy doing wedding videography yeah. more than I would anticipated that I would have ever done it. And I again, like it too. the same anxiety. Right. Yeah, because like the dad, you know, he's only going to see his daughter in her dress right. for the first time once. That's yeah. just the nature well, of it. Right. And that's my point of like. You know, I don't mind giving them back all their money and hiring, like, a makeup artist and renting their suits and stuff. But You just feel bad. Like, for instance, yesterday I shot a wedding, and they wanted to do all their portraits before the wedding. And I was shooting, and I just – they were good shots, but I just didn't see that same – stokeness that they get right when they're done yeah. getting married and we go and do portraits and I they're literally like, like all their brain chemicals are still rushing right and around. i told them i'm like we're gonna have to still shoot a portrait session just because you'll see like the difference in your eyes like the, the glow. way you're looking at yeah, them yeah. so that's my point is like it's like when you get a to, candid smile versus a posed smile 100 percent. i was like you know you're never gonna get especially if it's on three weeks later whenever you can set them back up like hey, let's get your beautiful wedding shots they're always gonna look at that and be like that wasn't our wedding yeah, for sure. Yeah. No matter how beautiful be it like, is. It, it could be like a it was the day National before. Geographic <laughs> best picture of the world. Right. And they'd still be like, that wasn't our wedding. Yeah, day. we were still boyfriend and girlfriend in this picture. Right. Yeah. Fiance. Did you watch Tiger King? I did. Did you? Yeah. What did you think about it? <laughs> I thought it was amazing. Yeah. I, I know a girl that's dad is one of the main dudes in it. Um, Jeff Lowe? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! Sorry, the um the um Glover guy, the guy that oh, okay. was supposed to like murder the dude. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I know his daughter. And it's just so funny how he was like, none of this is my fault. I'm not complicit at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, right. hold on, you were. Yeah, I think it. I think it was insane. I thought it was funny that they did a limousine waiting for him oh, to yeah. get pardoned. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that we were just talking about that. The the mental gymnastics he had to go through to really convince himself. Right. He I was going to get a pardon. I wish they'd let him out and just film. I think they could have let him out and film just his like we. Weekend in Vegas and like and done a whole other show and be like, all right, go back into jail. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. you'll make a bunch of money off this because yeah. it's going to be gem. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? Um, is it genre based? No, it's not. No, okay. It's so sprag. So I'll just spit off a few. Like so, um, I love all three Mighty Ducks like oh, insanely. Nice. Not what I expected. I love. I grew up playing hockey, so um, like makes okay. sense. I love them. Um, Real movie wise, Cruel Intentions. Great. Movie. Oh, we just watched that. Ten too. Things I Hate About You. I'm a total like I love chick flicks, dude. Like I'll watch chick flicks all day. Um but then the skulls. He's all legally blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The skulls. That's great. Billy Madison. 
Um, we talked about Billy Madison last time. Mm. Dude, dude, I love Billy Madison. Um, let's see here. So let's say favorite horror. Mm. You know what, man? Honestly, like, and it's not that it's scary. It's that, so this is a two-part. So it's not that it was scary. It was just, I think it was a really good film. And it was also like, holy crap. Like, if you listen to it with, like, sound yeah. is The Conjuring. I, oh, I just was like, a good movie. constantly it's like, poof, you're yeah. like, whoa. Or like, yeah. the girl gets pulled across her bed, you know, and it's, poof, you know, I was just like, damn. I was Great like, movie. All that, like, the hide and see. It's really good at building tension just from, like, right. a, a created movie. <clears throat> or the clap whenever it's dark. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh. yeah. yeah. But, um, I'm just going to go to this dark basement. Right, but I think, like, so I'll tell you the, 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 the last scary movie that freaked me out bad, was, and I was an adult, was, uh, <laughs> I, maybe I was 17, but anyways, was um, the Blair Witch Project. And I really? don't know why, but it was at the end, whenever the dude's like in the corner Facing and they're the like, if you see him, you're going to die. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> well, my, like, my parents are going to laugh at this. So I came home from that and I just laid in bed all night. Oh and I just kept goodness. seeing this dude. And I'm like, oh, God. Like and I'm 17, maybe right. 16, but I, you know, I'm old enough to know this yeah. crap's fake. So I hear my stepdad wake up and to go to work because he's an early worker. He's an architect here. And uh, so, like, right when he, I hear that door close, I like go into my mom's room. I'm like, hey, what's up? She's uh, like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing. I'm going to lay on the floor. She's like, why? And I'm just like, oh. Just chilling. I was just hanging out. I was figuring I'd talk to I'd fall asleep. She's like, okay. And I was just like, instantly. I'm like, uh, I woke up. I'm like, I'm such a-, a lot of people really, really insist that Blair Witch is overrated, not scary at all, poorly composed, poorly written, poorly acted, poorly edited. And it was just, just like mass mania yeah. is the only reason anyone thinks it's good. But I just watched it a few years ago, rewatched it and. It's great. I mean, it's right. good at building tension. It's like the birth of found footage, handheld, shaky. Yeah, 100%. It was like the, probably one of the first, like, I love how ambiguous it is. Yeah. Like and the ending is, is haunting. It's yeah. really scary. That and I think when it comes to horror movies, I, I like them all like kind of equally. I think, but I, I think I get more into like psycho, like Butterfly Effect is yes. easily one of my favorite oh, yeah. movies. That ever. movie's jacked, up. dude. And have you ever seen like the the director's cut ending? No. So you know how like at the end he like walks past her and they like see each other yeah. and kind of thing. Yeah. Well, the, dude, I man, I wish you could watch the director's cut. Anyways, the director's cut well, I'm version. I'm gonna now. Oh man, I don't want to ruin it. Oh. But anyway, so like. He goes in and you know he's reading his journal and yeah. he reads it to whenever he's in his mom's womb and he freaking what? kills himself inside her. Really? That's crazy, her. dude. I, that part that of movie was crazy. There's dude, a lot I'm having goosebumps talking about it. It was insane. Like I was just like, dude. There, was, there's a lot of stuff I think they could do to change, but when he's like waking up and has no limbs and stuff right. like that, that is just brutal. There's a scene in Looper like that where he's running away. So it's kind of the same. It's time travel-y. Okay. So if something happens to him in the past, his present self, it'll happen. So he's running. And like people in the past are mutilating him, uh, so his fingers just like uh, disappears, and his, uh, his legs okay. like disappear when he's mid sprint. So his right. pants just go all limp, and he falls to the ground, and starts crawling. Yeah. Same kind of vein as when Ashton wakes up, and it's just like isn't he just like at the elbows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He it's wakes almost up the and same. He's like, he wants to do this, or and there's something like yeah. primal, yeah. It's so crazy. something primal in your brain when you see that, right. where you're just like, that's and not his good. buddies with his yeah. girl that he loves. Yes, that was oh, that like, movie is that movie is great. So I think like psychological thrillers get me like Get Out. I remember I was like, oh wow, yeah, yeah. you know, I think those are the ones that like 
Stuff that could really happen. Something that's like yeah. disturbing. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, 100%. It's yeah. not like the visuals that are scaring you. It's the actual idea yeah. of what's happening. I remember the first one. Oh, sorry to go back, but the very yeah. first movie that ever scared the shit out of me was Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah. And I remember this so vividly. And I was probably was four years old. I don't know why I was at a party with adults, <laughs> mom. But anyway, they took me to this huge hall party. And there was a dude on stilts dressed up as Freddy Krueger. And, dude, I what went under heck? a table. I felt and that's like, like a life-defining moment bro, when you get traumatized as a child. Dude, Holy I, uh, dude, I I remember he was so big, and I was just like, what the f-? And I just climbed under a you know, chair, had like a white curtain yeah. thing on it or whatever just drape. Hit. I just was under there the whole time. I remember my parents at the end being like, Tony. And I, again, how long did you – it could have been 10 <laughs> minutes. And hopefully for you guys, it's been like two, one minute I was missing. But yeah. it felt like years. In your mind, yeah. I was like, this thing's over, right? Like, it was insane. I, I was traumatized by Child's Play heavily. Just the first Child's Play movie. It's I, from the perspective of like a five-year-old, and I was like five when I saw it. Right. And it's actually – funny because i had a fascination with freddy krueger when i was a kid yeah. he didn't scare me like when we went to i mean i as a kid would go to the mall and hot topic existed so we right. go into hot topic and they still had tons of horror paraphernalia yeah and i would just gravitate toward freddy like i thought yeah. he was just like badass yeah and he like, is awesome. now he didn't scare me and like going back i, I didn't watch him until i was older they're almost funny and comedic and i right 100 but child's play no bueno like <laughs> i i couldn't even watch any of the Child's Play movies until probably a few years ago. There, like Unsolved Mysteries was like that for my whenever growing up. My grandparents would watch it, and that just the music tormented me. The yeah. ghost part tormented me. I was just like, Have you seen the the re- remakes? Of no, those? I heard it's good, but yeah. that, that we watched uh, again. Shows. My point of that is, it freaks me out so much to this day. I don't even want to watch it, it, but yeah. I heard it's really PTSD. good. Yeah, I think you told me. Yeah. somebody told me it was it's really, really good. good. It is. We good. enjoyed it. Yeah, I've seen um, a lot of them. Do you uh, so? We talked about Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. Little Nicky. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You like that one? Yeah, I like Little Nicky a lot. Really? Yeah. I hate Adam. Sandler. That's probably my Dude, you worst. Hate him? I understand. I, I like Uncut Gems. Yeah. Oh that's, yeah. That, Uncut yeah. Gems. And I like I like Adam anger Sandler. management. Right. Other than that, I'm like, get out of here, Adam. Damn, yeah. I love Adam Sandler, but I, I like that goofiness, you know, like. My girlfriend loves Adam Sandler. I think, like in Billy Madison, my favorite part's one that usually most people don't even notice, but like right at the beginning when he's. When he's laying face down in front of his maid, and the the, the like big wigs are walking past him, and he reaches up and he's just like leg, <laughs> you know. I'm just like that. Just I don't know. It gets funny. Um, so, last little bit of conversation about your business, your marketing business. Yeah. What led to to that field? So in the music industry, whenever I was touring. Um, the first person that told me something about marketing was our our A and R at our label. You know, we were chatting one day, and he's like, "Dude, he's like, you're so good at getting endorsements, and like, whenever you talk about your endorsements, you can sell them to anybody." He's like, "It's insane." He's like, "I'm not saying give up the dream." He's like, "But you should really maybe Consider. look into marketing." He's like, "You could do this anywhere. Like, right. you could do it on the road." You know, and he, you know, I think he was gravitating more towards like being an A and R for like a guitar right. company or something, but. It's still A&R's marketing, you know, so he was the first one. I was just like, eh, whatever, you know, I don't have time for that, you know, although on the road you have time for <laughs> everything. Yeah. You, it's a, you know, you show up and then you sit around till 9 o'clock, play right. for 30 minutes or an hour and a half, and then you're done, you know. But yeah. um, so anyways, and then it was right at the end, like when I was kind of in limbo about leaving the industry and what I would do. A tattoo artist here in Beaufort was like, dude, he's like, why are you not doing marketing? He's like, you could sell a popsicle to a freaking Eskimo. He's like, right. just, he's like, you need to do it. And I, so I got thinking about it. And uh, <clears throat> everywhere I looked, they wanted people that went to school and stuff. And I was like, I, 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 
I don't believe that you can teach marketing like or be an entrepreneur. You either sold baseball cards as a kid or had a lemonade stand or you played video games all day, which I did both of them. You right. know, like but <laughs> right. like you know, you, you can't teach somebody. You can teach people the, the terms, but you're never gonna. You make can't teach them to be charismatic, right? Or or believe in a sale, sell right, something. Right, for sure. You know, so um, I hit up a buddy that owns one of the biggest skate shops in the world, and uh, you know, I was like, dude, you know, I'm down. Every everywhere I look, I need school you know he's like i'm like i feel like you don't need it and he's like no he's like he's like dude he's like let me throw you on with some stuff that i'm doing and if you can't use my name to get marketing jobs i don't know what to tell you right you know so i was really lucky you know he let me jump on and you know just learn a little bit before get a little uh, experience you can put on right and then it was right after that that um you know, I was like, well, now with that experience, screw going to work for somebody. I'll just get some, you know, and at that time it was like social media marketing was like booming. Blowing up. You right. know? It was like everybody was like, we need social media. Mm. Um, and I still, still think it's like that. I think people now are starting to get a little wearier of it of like, do we really need Outsourcing it? Outsourcing it. Right. And yeah, and, you know, you just get people that just don't have time for it. You know, you think you always have time as something. But even, even me, I'm horrible at posting stuff on my Personal. Social media, so that, yeah, 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 you know. So, so anyway, so I was just like, well, I'm gonna start this up and just go around town and get some client, you know, enough clients that make me happy, and yeah. you know, go from there. Well, good. Um, so you do here locally, Common Ground for yep, sure. Yep, yep. Who I else? Do, I do Common Ground. I love Common Ground. Thank you, man. It's they're they're great. Yeah, Ramona's awesome. They uh, we have a great location. You know, it's beautiful. Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so I have Common Ground, and I now just just my stepdad's company. Um, He's an architect. They, they, the, uh, um, I had a brain fart. Anyways, he's an architect. They own a design company called SM7 Design. Okay. So, oh, I've seen it. So them, just locally. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. Uh, so if you were to give anybody any uh, advice from a small business standpoint regarding marketing, what would you spit to them right now? You know, I would say that you have to trust the market. You know, like the mark, like there's a big entrepreneur out there that says the market is the market is the market, and it's true. Like you know, you got to really. And also, you can market something until your arms fall off, but if it's not a good product, it's not going to do anything. Right. You know, I mean, I can sit here and blab about, you know, this headphones, but, you know, whenever it gets to the market and everybody's like, this is a pile of crap, you can't, there's nothing you can do. Like, yeah. you, can, you can only, you really got to take time and look at the things that you're going to market. And and I understand at the beginning, you're just going to absorb everything because it's money, right. you know, but... You really got to believe in the products and know that they are a good product. Because again, you can't. I don't think you can market a bad product. That's why they don't stay around. Right. Cause, exactly. Because freaking, you know, Jeff Bezos or somebody like. Yeah, I mean, how many things have gotten celebrity endorsements and then just not gone anywhere? Because it's right, one hundred percent. You know, they get they get a, a boost of sales yeah. yep. from like Bad Baby or whatever. You know, and <laughs> yeah. then. And then, like they, it's like Sprite I, cranberries not flying off the shelf just because LeBron right. James held it up and went. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just you, you could be Gary Vayner. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk is one of the most brilliant like marketing entrepreneurs in the world, and uh, he's actually one of the ones that hyped me up to be like, okay, I want to do marketing. You know him. Love Gary V. Yeah, dude, and like he he's one of the most brilliant. He he can't. You know he could he could talk a few people into buying something, but like if it's a crap product, it's a crap product. Yeah. Well, what what's unique about him is well he'll he'll put up a video from two thousand eight, and it's talking about something that's that came through, mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, so he's got video evidence of him talking about something. He'll throw that up on the screen and then he'll do a, you know, a comparison of where it's at now. Right. I mean, it's just great. I mean, that he started young and early. Yeah. With recording everything and keeping a, uh, you know. A yeah, video. yeah, his wine library, you know. Yeah, exactly. And right. it's insane. Like, people with those palettes, he'll be like, mm, it tastes like dirt and rubber. Ball. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that's insane. But, yeah, I mean, you know, he's just, he's brilliant, man. He is. And, uh, yeah, he definitely can prove that. You yeah. know, I mean, like musically, he, he jumped on musically at the very beginning, right? Which I think got bought by TikTok, but right. like you know, he exactly. just knew it. Like, yeah. you know, <clears throat> all those old videos you see him talking to young people. He's like, you need to be on musically, you need to be doing musically, mm. you know. And that was at the beginning, right? Yeah. You know, Where can folks find you at? Uh, so at King of the Hill Photography, on on all the platforms is like the probably the best place. You know, I have King of the Hill Media. On Facebook, which is like the marketing part of it, um, it just redirects it to me. So King of the Hill Photography is probably your best bet. Yeah, definitely look him up. Tony's got some great content that's coming out, and he's uh, funny as hell. And if you're lucky enough, he's he, he might like you on the uh, let you on his personal page and uh, get some yeah. insight that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I have like local like big wigs that have had, tried to add me on my, my personal page. I'm like, I don't think you're ready for that. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know. yeah. I mean, uh, up until this Peel past year, I kept tracks of my poops on Twitter. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly right. Uh, <coughs> so anything else you want to ask Tony, Tony? Uh, Tony, Tony. Okay, Tony. so. Tony, Tony, Tony. Just the name Tony's Tony. Good. Badass, right? Yeah. Real name's Anthony, but Same. thank God my godmother was like, we're not calling him that. And I was like, yeah. you know, I'm Tony, and I'm like, thank God. My family called me Tony, and he's my family mm-hmm. through marriage. So right. when I moved here, no one ever outside my family called me Tony in California, but he just naturally introduced me. So I just whoop, morphed into so Tony. So you like Anthony more? Uh, I don't really care. Yeah, see, I'm care. Christopher my, my Sean. My friends all call me Junker. Call me Christopher or Chris. I don't right. know that name. All right. I, 90% of the people I know back in California call me by my last name. Not your first name. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you game? Yeah, oh yeah. What's your favorite platform? Uh, Xbox. 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 You got the Game Pass? The, yeah, no, I don't have the Game Pass. The value alone is just... Yeah, I know they just went through all this, like, the, they tried to raise the price of gold and people, like, went bananas. Only if you're not grandfathered in, though. Right. Oh, so they kept it, though? They doubled it for anyone who doesn't already have it. Oh. So, you know, if you've been, like, a member for 9, 10 years, you should be good. It's still at 60, but 120 yeah. bucks a year, that's just ridiculous. That's insane. That's I mean, absolutely like, ridiculous. I, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But they have, like, every Halo, every single 2K, all the, you know, FIFA, every Gears, all that yeah. on the Game Pass. It's not yeah, just, like, I need little to duty. I need to get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked on the new Halo. My stepdad, he bought it for Christmas for me. He, it's called you know, Halo Infinite, he, right? Yeah, yeah. He drew like the Halo guy because he's an architect. So he drew this cool thing and he's like, should be coming out soon. I'm like, I don't think it's coming out till next like fall. And he's like, oh shit. I'm, like, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, I'm stoked, man. I'm yeah. just like, you know. what's, so uh, what's your favorite game? Ever, 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 ever. <laughs> is this game called California Games on yeah. the regular Nintendo. And it's like, it's got surfing and hacky sack and like, and like hang gliding and skateboarding yeah. and stuff like that. But um, I gravitate towards like sports a lot mm. and Call of Duty. I mean, yeah. I'm all over. Do you play Call Cold War at all? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it a lot. See, I never got into like I stopped liking Call of Duty whenever they got futuristic. And had, yeah, like, the last bags. big big one I liked was probably Black Ops Two. Yeah, and like whenever they had like laser guns and stuff, I was yeah. like, ah, man, I yeah. want like no a real space. One. Like they hit space, yeah. and I was like, kind of mentally. So the Cold War, out. I was stoked on because it's gonna have too. like the. I remember I, I, it has the ACR. Uh, ACR for you or whatever gun. I was like, yeah, this gun's back. I'm like, sweet. It's literally uh, 1985. Like, that's what a year to set a, a Call of Duty game. Yeah, it's all yeah. vaporwave and neon and yeah. it's just badass. All right. Well, uh, 
we'll definitely have you back on to talk more games because uh, mm-hmm. this guy's really into it, and I'm kind of more not so much anymore as I used to be. I'm PlayStation. Yeah, I don't think I've ever held an Xbox controller maybe once or twice, so it doesn't feel as comfortable. Yeah, so it's a little it's I a little hard for me. Um, so thanks everybody for watching for listening. Uh, give Tony F and B a uh, shout out, King of the Hill Photography, King of the Hill Media. All right, appreciate it.